Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Um, My guest today is a little bit unusual. Uh, There's been a couple of people that I've run into um, this guest. This guy was a guest at the uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference we just finished in February in Dallas. Um, and he uh, fell victim to a scam, a crypto scam. And uh, I have before um, another lady that uh, attended the conference, you know, not because of the conference, but because of her dealings with BitConnect was also scammed. And I thought it's important to bring this to light and to people's attention on you know, some of the possible things that are going on in the crypto world. It's it's super important. You know, what's the point of saving money and trying to make money and all that if um, you can lose it all? So I wanted to welcome my guest. Again, I'm going to call him Mr. X, and I want to ask him about his experience. So uh, how you doing, sir? Very good, Rich. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah. So, you know, I apologize. It's no fun to relive it, but can you uh, just give listeners a background on what happened? You know, how did it start and what happened to you? Yeah, sure. I um, uh, I guess to lead into this, I'll just admit up front that I had some um, a, a percentage of culpability to this myself. But again, as um, you know, through stress and strain, uh, I would never have gotten to that level that I had to take make some moves that put me at risk. Had this uh, Coinbase not um, had been messing with my account. Here's what happened. I got into crypto uh, February last year, 2017. 
and uh, started trading uh, primarily Ethereum and um, uh, Bitcoin. It evolved from there, and uh, as I did, the, the the account would verify me. Of course, you know, I got my social security number. Everything right. seemed to be okay, but then it would de-verify me. And every time I would go to oh. sell, uh, transfer funds, it would say, "Nope, we can't do that because your social security number has not been verified yet." So oh. this went on, um, you know, literally for uh, ten months. And then finally, um, I started getting a little oh, – I really wanted to make some moves on and uh, get in and out of the market. On, uh, and right around December is when I tried. It's obviously, things were at a high at that moment. And when I tried to get sell-off coins, um, cryptocurrency, I got stifled again. No longer could do it because Social Security's number was not verified. And as I had been dealing with their customer service group on and off for 10 months, I really went after them this time. And I have to tell you, dealing with their customer service group was um, literally an exercise in futility. I would go yeah, through I have, uh, four weeks. I have a Coinbase account. <laughs> there is no customer service. They they send you to an no. FAQ. And, yeah, it's just it's a complete lack of any – they could care less, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, three to four weeks later, somebody would get back to me. Anyway, I started pushing very hard uh, just after Christmas as I started to see the market coming down a bit. I wanted to get out 50, 60% of my position and uh, couldn't do it. Watched it continue to go down. And then long story short, um, I, I wanted to get my funds out. I no longer trusted this uh, exchange and so as I attempted to do that, nothing was working. They wouldn't let me get it out, continued to tell me that I was not verified, couldn't make the moves. You know, let's say it was Bitcoin you had. Did you sell it back into U.S. dollars or you couldn't even do that? Or did you yes. try to, you know, what, at what point did you get stopped, by the way, by Coinbase? I, that's a great distinction. Um, the, the point where is I finally got, um, I had everything transferred into Bitcoin and then exchanged it out into cash. There was there was literally about ten thousand dollars in cash in the account, and uh, it was just sitting there, wanting to take it over now. And by the way, getting it to Bitcoin was a big pain. Um, it took me almost three weeks to do that. Then once the cash was in there, I tried to get it out to a bank account that I'd already had some minimal transactions with, when it would allow me, and it wouldn't do it. It, and uh, customer service kept saying, well, you know, we'll look into this. And finally, I started calling them. I mean, literally on a daily basis. So there was nothing. I mean, people hung up on me. They told me they would get back to me and never did. Um, finally, I went, on, uh, I went on LinkedIn and looked up all of the, some of the executives in the company, Brian Armstrong, um, Daniel Romero, Rachel Price, I mean, about 12 or 15, I sent them LinkedIn in-mail, tell them that I needed their help, nothing, zero. And so while I was on um, LinkedIn one day, I looked up LinkedIn customer service and thinking that maybe I could get some kind of roundabout customer service number. And when I dialed that number, it was somebody who was posing as a Coinbase customer service rep. Right. I think you probably know where the rest is going. Um, I mm. gave the, here's where my culpability. I was desperate enough to get the, want that money out that I gave them. Um, I let them um, patch into my computer for about a half hour one afternoon, and uh, he transferred all the Bitcoin out to his um, 
to his accounts. There was nothing oh, I could man. do about it at that point. So, I mean, I watched it. I sat here and watched it happen. But uh, long story short, Coinbase literally would never even extend a help or a hand. Now it's in um, their fraud investigating it four weeks ago and haven't heard a thing from them. Have you uh, spoken to an attorney? Yes, we are what, filing what? as we speak. Oh, good. All right. At least you had help in that regard. I know there's, there's you know, sometimes that's what it takes. So Coinbase is a U.S.-based company, so, um, yeah. you know, they're open yeah. to subpoena and to uh, legal action. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, they are. But, you know, you know as well as I do that, A, takes um, God knows how long it takes, and B, um, there's a point by which maybe it's just no longer worth it. But um, here, you know, I really want to help people that are listening to this. If they ever get so frustrated to do what I did, these numbers, sure. as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, Rich, are still up. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually getting calls back from these scammers, and they're trying to tell me still that they're Coinbase reps and that they want to help me with my account. So, huh. um, are you are you documenting think... and screenshotting uh, the numbers and the profiles on LinkedIn and the calls themselves? Are you recording them? Oh yeah, because that would yeah. all be good evidence, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and that's all for the local police. I've called. Uh, IC3, which is the arm of the FBI that would do investigation on, you know, um, cyber scams, cryptocurrency scams, etc. But there, there's a number that I want to give you or the people that are listening never, ever to call. If you do, just know that this is a scam. May I give that or not? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sure. It's 517-714-4675. And they've got an 800 number too. This is all you can look up uh, LinkedIn customer or on the cust, uh, Coinbase customer service, and these numbers will come up: 800-564-1194. And they'll answer the phone either as Nick or David, and they are they're scammers. That's all there is to it. And I would have never got to this point to even call them if Coinbase could have figured out some way to be um, adaptive around customer service. Well, you know, I'm not an attorney, but the fact that, you know, have you alerted LinkedIn that this is going on and has LinkedIn taken any action to do anything? My friend, you know, Bill Shahara uh, is the is the head of LinkedIn. I mean, sorry, um, sorry not Bill Shahara, it's Bittrex. Um, you know, have you talked to LinkedIn and have they agreed to take this down or not? Uh, I have sent, again, 12 LinkedIn emails to the top 12 people in the company, not one response. That may be an angle as well because uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not an attorney, but uh, LinkedIn may have some shared liability in allowing this to exist and continue when it's known that this is a known scam. So maybe something to check into. But Thank you. I, I will do that as well. Um, but, you know, my beef, of course, isn't with LinkedIn. But, again, they, they do have these. I mean, there are six numbers, five numbers that are up on this um, when you do pull a search on uh, LinkedIn. So that's, that's the crazy. story. Um, I, I, you know, again, if I hadn't got, uh, I needed to get the money out. There were things that needed to be done with that, um, and Coinbase was nowhere to be found as far as a customer service orientation. Yeah, myself personally, I've had, um, you know, problems with Poloniex. You know, zero customer support. Bitrex, mm-hmm. zero customer support. I mean, it sounds like it's rampant and it's across multiple platforms. So it, uh, it's going to be a big potential future liability possibly for these companies. Now, let me ask you then, do you figure that this is just because of the increased and sheer volume of people getting into crypto and they, they are behind? Or is this just they don't have a mentality for customer service in the first place? I think it's both. 
I mean, if you think about it on its face, you know, I, I accept responsibility too. Um, it, you know, you're sending money to a company that has no way to contact them. Sometimes mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars, and we trust these companies, and they just apparently could care less about uh, helping their customers. You know, I know that they're overwhelmed, but they've done nothing to help their customers. You know, and again, it's not just them. There's Bitrex, Poloniex, Binance, Cryptopia. I mean, there's been a whole bunch of places that just, you know, if you look, there's hundreds, thousands of customer complaints, and they just don't care. I'm amazed this exists. You know, if you've ever um, invested in an ICO, you're sending Ethereum to a website and an address, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, and there's no uh, no way to contact those people, yet people do it. So it's pretty crazy if you think about it. Well, you know, it's interesting because I'm I'm also doing options trading, and I've set up numerous brokerage accounts online. I mean, I can't it, within minutes. Typically, I'm getting responses if there's ever an issue, and uh, you know, it is it was such a um, an awareness eye opening when I got into crypto because nobody seemed to care. I mean, not one person ever really. As a matter of fact, Coinbase hung up on me on three different occasions because I was so um in uh so adamant about getting my money out and they hung up they just hung up <laughs> well you know it's uh, funny it's people people talk about not wanting regulation in the crypto world regulation is mm-hmm. bad but actually it's not not in these cases because it prevents stuff like this happening oh i i i think you're right on target there and you you can't be unregulated in all forms and and purposes and um you know companies <laughs> companies will take advantage of it and um you know, certainly crypto not, is... Yeah, I'm not saying I love regulation. Please regulate me. Please, right. you know, uh, do all that stuff. But now you see why some regulation is needed. I see it because, you know, I haven't had this problem with my bank account where I couldn't get a hold of the company and, you know, and the bank. And the bank has a fiduciary responsibility with my money. And it doesn't That's seem right. to be the same way with crypto. So we do need some regulation, some sensible regulation, because this is just... I, I'm amazed that... Um, these companies haven't been sued out of existence and shut down because of all the complaints. It's crazy. Well, you know, I guess uh, in the early stages, um, blazing trails, um, the trailblazers, get, as the old adage goes, get arrows in their back. And um, mm. there's going to be some people that suffer. And, uh, yeah, it just, it never occurred, it never, Rich, occurred to me that this would ever take place. It never was part of my consideration to get into crypto trading. Um, it just wasn't. So anyhow, yeah. I hope that others will never do the same thing I did um, and certainly beware of anything on uh, LinkedIn as far as customer service for Coinbase. Well, one, one more question. Um, when you contacted sure. the authorities, it sounded like you contacted multiple ones. Did yes. they understand what you were talking about? Did they care? No. Like, What was their reaction? You know, the FBI <laughs> and um, the local police. Well, the FBI was interesting because they said, well, we don't handle this. This is... Um, it's, it handled, it's handled through IC3, which is their online crypto and cyber um, group. That and I filed a complaint. Not a word out of them. So my guess is, you know, I'm number one million and fifty-five. So, uh, hmm. but then I went to my local police station, and I, the, the the sergeant was standing behind a desk, and I explained. And he went. He said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Cryptocurrency." Uh, are you familiar with Bitcoin? Oh, b- that Bitcoin thing. Oh, I'd never get into that. And so, you know, right away, we're trying to educate before we can even get to the point of solution to un- to-, to maybe take some steps to get things moving. 
uh, from a legal standpoint. So, no, yeah. it was like swimming upstream, I have to tell you. One one suggestion, I don't know how this yeah. play out, but would be to contact the SEC, their, uh, you know, their Financial Crimes Enforcement Division or FinCEN. They should be aware of it. I mean, especially the SEC. I don't know if they have any jurisdiction, but um, something may come out of it. I don't know. That's a that's a great point. I had not thought about that, and uh, you know I'm willing to take every step possible. I've we've filed against Coinbase. Uh, you know who knows whether anything will ever come out of that. But um, hmm. again, I, I didn't get into this to start pressing legal um, suits at all. I just wanted to make right. money and and enjoy it. But anyhow, uh, again, no. I, my culpability was that I I made a bad move and I. I let them have access, but um, boy, I just wish I, I got a lot. I kicked myself a hundred times over, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I understand that this would dissuade you from wanting to be involved in crypto. I felt like that, you know, when I had some trouble. Did you? But um, you know, I can't tell you to you know throw it off and keep moving. It's, that decision's going to be up to you. But I can tell you that sure. uh, you know, don't let it um, don't let it hurt you too much mentally, and you got to move on and just kind of you know, get going. That's that's what I decided with myself. So I hope that helps, you know. Well, it does. Thank you. And, you know, I kind of likened it to, you know, after they, if you have a car um, bang, a uh, fender bender, they say, well, get back in the car and drive. So you're not overwhelmed by the, by that feeling. And I'm same way here. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of holding myself um, till the time's ready. But uh, just, if I may, you said that you lost. I mean, was it somebody actually hacked into your account, or did you do something similar as I did? What was your scenario? Yeah, I, actually, mine, um, I ended up uh, installing a keystroke logger unintentionally, from what I can gather. So the uh, the hackers uh, went in and took uh, money out of one of my wallets. So, you know, I, it's kind of funny because... I, again, I haven't lost money in my bank account, and even on the exchanges, Knockwood, I haven't lost money. But when I controlled my own keys, you know, just like the the mythology tells you, <laughs> and I dealt with it on my own computer with my own wallet, that's when I screwed up and I lost some money. So it, it was kind of a, a funny lesson that way. Wow. So that's just the, wow. the short of it, yeah. So, you know, it just made me realize there's trade-offs. Like they tell you, control your private keys. Don't put it on an exchange. Just, you know, there's problems there, and you can lose stuff or be hacked. Then there's the exchanges themselves. Uh, you know, there's dealing with crypto at all. It's, it is the Wild West. We've all got to realize yeah, that, is. and stuff can happen. You know, hopefully it won't, and there's best practices, but all you can do is what you can do and learn from it and go forward. Oh, I'm, I agree with you. And, you know, the funny thing about it was uh, two or three days prior, I had everything um, safely tucked away on my Nano S, and hmm. I brought it all out to, you know, make the transaction, get the cash into a bank account, and boom, it's, you know, at that moment it's vulnerable. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a bit of got to watch your back here. Hey, even with the nanos and the trezors, I'm not sure which one, but um, there's been scams associated with that. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable uh, when you read what's going on out there. You know, people have had their two-factor authentication authentication uh, messed with when it used to be text verification. I mean, you know, people have been stolen from in every way you can imagine. And it's going to continue. So it's going to be an arms race between us and the uh, the scammers, you know. Scammers, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I think you're right. You know, it, um, don't, hopefully people don't let it um, dissuade them and leave a bad taste in their mouth. I, I, it's it's yeah. just part of the learning lesson, that's for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, relating the story. It's not never fun to do it. 
you know, no one wants to recount this and think, because you feel, you know, I'm guessing, but, you know, I felt stupid and angry and 10 other things all at the same time. So I'm, I'm sure you feel probably the same thing. Yeah, it's it's a, a natural human emotion, certainly, and uh, it, it doesn't make it any easier at the time. But you know, three weeks hence, it, it's all kind of in the back, in the rearview mirror now. But yes, you're absolutely right. All those feelings and okay. emotions did him did come out. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, don't give up. Don't let the bad guys win. And I, I hope that uh, things go well with uh, you battling against Coinbase. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate your help and time today. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's BlockchainFutureTechExpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.